Welcome to the Coop and Duck podcast. It's just me this week because um, poor Duck, well, not that poor, he was at a wedding in Tuscany and couldn't make the Man City game. So if you're going to miss it, that's a pretty nice thing to miss it for. Having said that, he missed arguably Norwich City's greatest ever result. I mean, you have to say, domestically, probably our greatest ever result. You know, we've had huge nights. You know, one thinks back to being Bayern Munich away, being Man United a couple of seasons ago away, um, three or four seasons ago, whenever it was, under Alex Neal. But in today's game, the gulf, the gulf between the top two Liverpool and Man City and the rest of the league is just so enormous now. Man City have destroyed pretty much everyone over the last two or three seasons. There's this incredible, um, well I guess you'd call it a stat, but Norwich's starting 11 on Saturday costs just over 6 million. Man City's cost 406 million. So it was just an unbelievable result. You know, I... I can't really put into words how good it was. I'd firstly like to say I didn't really enjoy the game. Being there, I just felt far too anxious to really, really enjoy it. Even when we went 3-1 up, I, I was still terrified because you know what Man City can do. I mean, I wasn't anxious going into the game because I thought we were going to get a right shoeing. But once we got that, two-goal cushion, the anxiety really came on strong because if we'd then gone on to, you know, draw the game or even lose it, it would have just been so heartbreaking. Norwich played fantastic football. Obviously, Man Man City had a lion's share of possession. They had more opportunities, but a lot of them were tame opportunities, which crawled out with uh, comfortably. Um, the first goal came from McLean header. McLean coming in for one of the nine injured players, first team players. Second goal, Cantwell, amazing move, started from Buendia, who um, laid it on to Steeperman, played a fantastic through ball to um, Pukki. And Pukki just went on to do everything right. He held onto the ball long enough to draw another defender towards him so that they thought he was going to shoot and then he just played the most perfect pass to Cantwell who was way onside who had a, a completely easy finish just basically hit it into an empty net we conceded at a dreadful time stroke a half time 2-1 Aguero and that, that really worried me I have to say at the time I really felt Man United would then go and win the game 4 or 5-2 but um, there was a huge I mean you know all this you've seen the game huge defensive blunder from Otamendi brilliant pressing from Emi Buendia took the ball off him unselfishly squares it to Puki, who has a pretty indifferent first touch to be honest he kind of gets a bit caught under his feet but his second touch and then his finish were unerring and at 3-1 you really felt we probably were going to do it but boy were the last 15-20 minutes uncomfortable and then Rodri scoring in the 88th minute made the last five minutes unbearable they were unbearable being there it was just terrifying barrage after barrage of attack 
uh, it was it was it was terrifying and the, the euphoric feeling when the final whistle went when the final whistle went that's the loudest i've ever heard Carrow road you couldn't even hear the sound of the whistle the crowd were going absolutely berserk Obviously, we're missing nine first-team players. I think I mentioned they said eight, but I'm pretty sure it was nine. But the players who came in were absolutely fantastic, as well as the players who were fit. So I think I'm going to have to try and talk about players from you know one to eleven and and how good they actually were. I guess starting at the back, Tim Crawl. Now I thought. And I think Tim Krull has been pretty good uh, this Premier League campaign so far. He, he's he been great, to be honest. And um, the Man City game was no exception. He made some great saves. I think both the goals that went in, he can do anything about. I heard a, little, uh, a few people saying he could have saved the second goal, but I disagree. I, th- I think... He would have done very well to save that. But he made some fantastic saves. He used and called upon all his experience, you know, soaking up the pressure. He he was really was a force. After that, we have to talk about Sam Byram. Now, when we signed Sam Byram, I remember a lot of West Ham fans on Twitter and social media saying, what the hell were West Ham doing? That then made a dreadful mistake in letting this lad go. And I was worried when Aaron's got injured. But boy, Sam Byram was unbelievable in that game. He had, quite frankly, a close to perfect performance. His ability to contain Raheem Sterling and then um, Bernardo Silva... His composure on the ball, his endeavour going forward, his bravery, considering how few minutes he's had, he was fantastic. And quite frankly, if he keeps playing the way he is, Max Aarons won't get his place back. The next player I'd like to talk about, you know, like going from the back, is Amadou. Now, when we signed Amadou, I think everyone was kind of thinking he was going to be a defensive midfielder, probably someone who would. To, to really replace Teti, you know, someone who's more mobile, more of a physical presence and tribal. He was called in as a makeshift centre-back. We know he can play at centre-back. He was a beast. He is a beast. The guy's amazing. And I would like to see him, when uh, we get a few defenders fit again, I would like to see him playing in defensive midfield, probably over Tom Tribal. I love Tom Tribal. But I think if you're going to be as expansive with your fullbacks and push them as far forward, you need the protection from your defensive midfielder. And I just don't think Tribal can offer that in the same way that Amadou can. Having said that, for the foreseeable future, you have to think he's going to be playing at centre-back. And paired alongside Godfrey, he was fine. Godfrey, what a player he is. One small criticism, he, he probably 
um, well, Amadou and Godfrey probably let um, Sergio Aguero get in between the pair of them for his goal. But, you know, Godfrey was fantastic. Again, his composure on the ball, playing out from the back. You know, this is an amazing thing about what Norwich did. We played out from the back against the champions. Um, Lewis. Lewis has been great every game so far this season. I think he's been better than Aaron's. I think he has really taken to the Premier League. And, yeah, the sky's the limit for him, really. Now, Alex Tetty. <laughs> Who would have thought, you know, that was a performance from the ages from Alex Tetty. He really pulled it out of the bag. He he was a presence in the middle of the park. And he passed it around pretty nicely as well. Kenny McLean, unbelievable header. Great goal. Did everything right. Defended admirably. Now, Emmy Buendia, in spite of the fact that he's had a couple of assists already this season, I felt he struggled a little. He's, I think he's surrendered possession um, the, the most out of any player in the Premier League so far this season in how many times he's been dispossessed. I think he's had a few difficult games, to be honest, but against Man City, that was his greatest performance in an orange shirt this season, arguably since he's joined the club. He ran the show. Um, two assists, great corner, and brilliant pressing to pick the pocket of Otamendi for Norwich's third. Steeperman, really good, solid, good passing, good endeavour. But the man I'd like to talk about the most is Todd Cantwell. Now, I felt Todd Cantwell struggled a little bit towards the end of last season when he had to come in for the suspended Emmy Buendia. And a lot of people thought he wouldn't be cut out for the Premier League. But this is the interesting thing about the Premier League. It's a far more technical game and that allows Todd to play the way he likes. Meaning, last season, when he tried to do the things that he's currently doing, he would get clattered. In the Championship... If he tried to play the football he wants to play, he would get clattered. In the Premier League, that's not going to happen. It's a far more technical game and players aren't just going to take you out. They're, they're going to want to win the ball off you. And as a result, he has been fantastic. And and against Man City, that was no exception. I put him in my fantasy football team. He was 4.5 million in Premier League fantasy football. I've had him in since the start of the season and he's been smashing it. Last but not least, Timmy Pukki. A goal, an assist. He's cut out to do very well in this league. Unless you listen to complete idiots like the Moose, Ian Abrahams. Um, subs came on, Dermot, Shabeni. They both did okay, but you know, it was really all hands to the pump by that stage. I guess in order for Norwich to be able to beat Man City, every single player had to have a belter, and every single player did. There was not one player that even had a mediocre game, let alone a poor one. Every single Norwich player was absolutely fantastic. And I felt so, so proud 
to be a Norwich City supporter and to be there at the ground on what was the most amazing, extraordinary occasion. One final note. As I was leaving the ground and I was walking up sort of Carrow Hill, I had a gig immediately after the game. I was meant to leave early to go to the gig, but there was no way I could possibly do that, um, the way things panned out. Duck called me from Italy to talk about the match. I was having a chat with him about it, saying how amazing it was, obviously. And then I may have said that I felt the Man City players were a bunch of... As I said that, I didn't realise there were two Man City fans walking next to me. Well, I say fans. They were in Man City shirts. And one turned to me and said, in a Norfolk accent, careful. And then he started giving me beef and saying, it doesn't matter, you're going down anyway. He was walking into the city. He wasn't walking to the train station to get a train back to Manchester or to where the buses were. He lived in Norwich. It's annoying enough for a Man City fan to call me out on a conversation I'm having on the phone in my town about my football club. But it's his town as well. And I said to Duck on the phone, I said, oh, sorry, I've just got some Man City fans giving me some, but they probably both live around the corner. And the Man City fan just waved his arm and gestured at me because he did live around the corner. I mean, come on, where is the meaning there? If they had won, would he have felt the way that we did? Of course not, because he's a plastic fan and as far as I'm concerned, he can do you know what. I'm not going to swear on today's podcast. Anyway, guys, I hope this hasn't been too boring, as it's just been me. Um, and I hope you enjoy it. And Duck and I are so busy at the moment. He's just moved house. My job's crazy at the moment, so it's really hard for us to keep this going. Uh, but we really will try. But it, I've got the feeling it's going to be a little bit more intermittent this season maybe we'll do more songs instead anyway all the best bye